Hey there, this is Andrew, and today I'm going to bring you the uh, a set review for Logos in Dark Tidings. And boy, it's been a while. I released a Shadows House set review with uh, Andrew Grandstaff, a grand student, uh, aka One Star Peeps, Five Star Games. Anyway, that was really great. And then. Uh, I think a lot of excitement kind of petered out for me, for a lot of people. I was still plugging along playing, but uh, but I think a lot of people had their excitement reduced, and um, it just seemed like it was difficult to get people to, to come on and uh, who, who would I have invited. So I actually don't think I did invite anybody, but it just didn't seem like there was people actively engaged. So it fell through. I think excitement's back. Uh, thanks to the GameFound campaign. I did record my own run-throughs with Unfathomable and Untamed, and I had done Logos, but uh, lost the video. So I'm redoing this one with an explanation, because I referenced the explanation in, in the Untamed video. Anyway, the point is, I'm back, I'm doing this uh, with Winds of Exchange. I really will try to get guests on for all of these. No promises, but that is what I'll try for. But I wanted to keep the the record up of actually having these out there. So um, I'm not I'm certainly not the best player in the world, but I do play competitively and get some wins. And so hopefully my insights will be beneficial. And heck, I think you know anybody's insights are good. So uh, if you have thoughts, don't don't be shy about sharing them on the video. So. Without going into news, I'll just say I'm excited that for set six, for Winds of Exchange, when I do these, I'm going to get to add back on my question about anomalies because we will be having anomalies. And um, is that it? Yeah, we'll be we'll get to add back anomalies. Hmm. Oh. And we'll get to add on a question about token creatures, obviously. So that should be fun. But for now, I just have my uh, four questions that I like to ask. So we'll go through those. Um, if I open up a Dark Tidings deck and I'm at, let's say, a sealed event and I'm, I'm looking at, okay, what, what are the next houses I'm going to see? What am I most hoping to see? I'm most hoping to see Star Alliance because the logo Star Alliance is likely to be really fast and I think the sweet spot for Dark Tidings is actually in fast and rushing. Uh, there's not enough potential for awesome control in Dark Tidings so speed is really the way to go and I think um, there's some control but anyway I think speed's really the way to go and Logo Star Alliance delivers it. Untamed would be like a close second because they're, they're also really fast and bursty. Uh, okay, what abilities do I expect Locust is going to give me in the deck? Drawing, archiving cards, some wacky stuff around, you know, who knows what you'll get. I'm hoping for some control. Might have some cost increase in there. I might have some combos that, that play off of getting to do a lot. And uh, lastly, 
I'm, I'm trying to figure out what this ghost thing is here. Hmm. Wow, we are really live here. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, so some combos that, that rely on doing a lot of stuff. And then, interestingly enough, in Logos, there are two key cheats in this set, which is a lot. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's what I would expect. My favorite combo in the set, in Logos, my favorite in just within Logos two-card combo, is Tide Warp plus Mecha Buoy. I'll explain how that works when we get to them, but it, it really is annoying for non-Dark Tidings decks to have to deal with. Uh, if I could have any legacy, I would want Neutron Shark because there's no artifact control at all in Dark Tidings Logos. Even remote access, we don't have. There's Horn Swoggle and Shadows instead. So having Neutron Shark, I think, would be awesome. It's just a great card, period, but it would be extra nice to have in this set. And if I could have any Maverick, it'd be Reaper So. Although Phase Shift kind of lets you have any Maverick you want, but uh, still, if I could if I could pick a Maverick, I think I'd want Reaper So, because there's so many good Reap effects here in Logos, and uh, getting to trigger them on the same turn is beneficial, which is why Rooftop Laboratory is so good, but we'll get there. All right, standard order here, we're doing this numeric, so it's going to go commons up to rares. I'm going to cover Evil Twin Creatures uh, along with their good twin counterparts. So let's get into it. All right. Theory or conjecture is an action. It doesn't have a pip because it's one of those things in Dark Tidings where instead of giving you a pip, it gives you two choices, each of which would get a pip if they were their own card. Eh. So it gives it a little more utility, but I, I wish it had the pip. Uh, anyway, Play, choose one, either archive the top two cards of your deck, like Eclectic Inquiry, or play the top card of your deck, like Wild Wormhole. Again, both of which have pips. Here you get to pick one or the other. Talmadge Steelheart is a three power human. When you play it, you give it a plus one power counter for each card you have played this turn, including Talmadge Steelheart. Kind of cool, but in, in, uh, in real life, it's just kind of a nothing burger. You get a a large creature and uh, in my experience doesn't do much. The evil twin version on the other hand has play deal damage to an enemy creature equal to the number of cards you've played this turn. I think that's probably more beneficial. Still not wow wow but probably more beneficial actually. Alright, Submersive Principle. This is the uh, tidy version of Effervescent Principle. Effervescent Principle, of course, says each player loses half their amber, rounding down the loss, but then you get a chain. Here it's just each player loses one, but if the tide is high, then it's half, rounding down the loss instead, and there's no chain attached, so could be better. Static Charge is an upgrade with an amber pip. This creature gains, at the start of your turn, deal two damage to each of this creature's neighbors. This is such an interesting one. I really like this. Uh, I did get a deck with a legacy shoulder id, and if you put this on the shoulder id, the shoulder id gets uh, basically steal one at the start of every turn as long as it has a neighbor, which is kind of cool. 
Science is an action, no amber pip. For the remainder of the turn, after you play another action card, you gain an amber. Um, if you can really combo this, that could be a real big gainer. In my experience, though, it's just so infrequent that this actually does anything. So I think, you know, combine this with uh, theory or conjecture, theoretically, you might be getting something good going, but in practice, it just doesn't seem to work very often. There was a deck I looked at a long time ago that had like three copies of this and three copies of Phase Shift, and then, okay, maybe you get it cooking, but uh, it just doesn't work very often in my experience. P.I. Sweven is a two-power human scientist with Reap, if the tide is high, draw three cards. That's really powerful. Reap, draw three cards is super good, and it's one power more than Babbling Bibliophile. It just, you have to have the tide to have that work. Um, it's probably worth gaining the tide just for this effect. Usually people will kill it though. And this is one example of where, you know, if you had Reaper so or some way to reap the turn you play it, really nice. Because um, it's generally going to end up dead. But if you can pull it off, that's a really nice effect. The Evil Twin version, same stats, but the reap effect is if the tide is high, your opponent discards a random card from their hand, so it becomes like Toxin. That's fine. This is clearly a worse Toxin, though. Toxin's three power and doesn't have the condition. Hmm. All right, phase shift is, this is back from Coda. Play, it's an action that says play. You may play a non-Logos card this turn. That could be really good. I, I really am a fan of phase shift. Yeah. I've always liked it. It's always been good. Old Yad is a one-power creature, a one-power cyborg with two armor. It has destroyed, ward each of its neighbors. Um, this is nice. It's difficult to like pull this off with the right timing, partially because of that armor, but um, it can be it can be useful. Usually for your opponent, there are ways they can play around it though. So most of the time, this is just underwhelming for my for me for my experience. The evil twin version is three power with no armor instead, and it has destroyed enrage each enemy creature. That's probably more useful, actually. When your logo sound will that you want to necessarily be enraging all the enemy creatures because that really means your creatures are going to die and not get to reap, but still, I think that's a pretty decent effect. It's at least uh, preventing them from doing anything well, from reaping. Information exchange back from Worlds Collide. It's an action. This is play, steal one. If your opponent stole Amber from you on their previous turn, then you steal two instead. So if they just stole from you, you steal an extra one. Otherwise, you just steal one. That's fine. <clears throat> Infomorph is a four power mutant back from Worlds Collide. Has enhance two draw pips. That's it. That's all. Is what it is. Uh, kind of cool, but I, the four power body when it's actually on the board is kind of boring. Not not bad, really, for fighting um, or sitting around and reaping, but a um, little underwhelming. All right, Hydro Cataloger. Is, this one's interesting. It's an artifact with an amber. It's an item. It says, after a player raises the tide, they archive the top card of their deck. Um, this is super interesting when you are playing with... Uh, two decks that are both from Dark Tidings because you tend to be fighting over the tide. This might fire several times. 
maybe it sets up some interesting turns for both of you, this is a really nice balanced effect. In games against non-Dark Tidings decks, it kind of just sits there. Because usually, unless you really can force them to take the tide, uh, it's sitting there, you take the tide once, maybe you archive a card once, and then nothing. So, a little underwhelming when you're playing against a non-DT deck. When you're playing against DT decks, super fun and interesting. Final analysis. This is a board wipe, and it's a it's an interesting and fun one. It's an action. It says, play, destroy a creature. Notice the theme. No amber pip. Anyway, when you play it, you destroy each creature. Each player draws a card for each creature they controlled that was destroyed this way. So, I mean, really, the same effect as Gateway to Dece. But instead of getting chains, you draw, but so does your opponent. That That's super interesting. Um, when they bring Logos back, I hope. I hope this card comes back because it's just a really interesting card. can really set up some fun combos, um, but also sets up your opponent. So I, I just think it's a fun, interesting card all the way around. I really like this one. Edai back from Worlds Collide. Three power AI scientists with play, archive a card. And it says that your opponent's keys cost plus one for each card in your archives. So this is really nice for boosting the key cost you also get archive out of it so you're setting yourself up it's great the problem is in worlds collide you had cards like interdimensional graft in logos and too much to protect in shadows to back this up so you can push up the key cost put on pressure and then when edai dies drop the hammer and take a lot of that extra hammer that you forced them to build up but without those kind of forcing functions, there's some more submersive principle. But other than that, there really aren't scaling amber control options. Um, so, so I think it diminishes the value of Edai quite a bit. Again, in the set against another deck in the same set, it's very strong because it's a great option in a set where there maybe aren't a ton of great options. But compared to what it could do in Worlds Collide with that support, just a little lacking. Bilge Warden is a two-power human scientist with play reap. If the tide is high, your opponent raises the tide. Otherwise, you raise the tide. So that's interesting. That could be really good with Hydro Cataloger. Also, if you have cards that are triggering off of the tide, this is a way to force it to pass back and forth. Um, sometimes it's just a free raise it for yourself, which is fine. I think this card is fine. But if you get it in deck without a lot of tight effects, then it's really, again, a nothing. If you get it in a card with a lot of tight effects, then that's okay. But are you relying on this? It's kind of, hmm, it's tough. All right, Osterella Seaborg is a four-power robot. So big body there, or decently big. And it has Reap, deal two damage to a creature. If this damage destroys that, destroys that creature, then raise the tide. Another Tide Razor, it's okay. It's slow. It's iffy. Armadrone. Think about Batrone to compare this to. Batrone's two power, no armor, has fight, skirm has skirmish, and fight, steal one. This also has fight, steal one, but only one power, three armor, no skirmish. And it's interesting. This might be a little harder to kill, but it also, um, you know, if the opponent just has a big creature, 
then of course this will die, whereas the Badron actually had a chance to uh, skirmish and, and do okay. The Evil Twin version has no armor, three power, and fight steal two. If your opponent has a bunch of elusive creatures, I guess this is good. Otherwise, this is very, very iffy. But if, if they have elusive, I, yeah, that'd be fantastic. All right, uh, we're into the uncommons. And the first one we're going to see here is Think Twice. Think Twice is an action that says play an a uh, play an action card from your discard pile, then purge it. That's a super cool effect. This could be an off house card that you play. Uh, this could be really good, a really good card that you're getting a second go round with. Um, I really like this. It's it's whatever the best action card in your discard pile is. That's good. This is a fun one. Professor Garwin is a three-power human scientist with Elusive that says, Reap, you may choose a card in your archives and put it into your hand. I don't find this super valuable. I guess if you play it with Theory or Conjecture, you could get some value out of it. Otherwise, the number of times where this is what I want, it seems low. So I, I don't care for this card very much. It does come with automatically at least one copy of Theory or Conjecture. I am quite confident because I got it as a Legacy or as a Maverick once and I even got the Theory or Conjecture Maverick. The Evil Twin version is only two power and has Skirmish instead of Elusive and has Fight. You may choose a card in your archives and put it into your hand. Again, just not, not a very useful effect. Maybe I'm comparing with like Project ZYX that plays a card out of your discard. That's that's definitely then then you you're getting house cheating out of it. But Garwin, very iffy. Uh, all right, Positron Bolt back from Coda. I love this card. It's an action with an amber. When you play, you deal three damage to a flank creature, deal two damage to its neighbor, and then one damage to the second creature's other neighbor. So you're going in from the end three two one. Very cool, and I love the art. Novu Archaeologist, also back from Coda, is a four-power cyborg scientist with action. Archive a card from your discard pile. That can be useful. It just depends. If you're running a deck that has super, you know, certain very high-powered cards, this is great. Mm, otherwise, it just kind of ends up being a four-power body. But because um, remember, you're choosing generally, you're choosing not to reap in order to do this. So that makes it a little iffier can be a very very good effect in coda you had silly combos like you could like uh, control the weak dominator bobble this to put the control the weak back in your archives or something like that here there's nothing quite so bad uh, mind bullets I do not like it's an action no amber it says play deal one damage to each creature for each card you have played this turn. Well, guess what? You're probably killing all your Logos creatures. This, you want to play it late so you get a higher number, but that means you've already played your creatures. It just doesn't feel good to me. I don't love Mind Bullets. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't like it. All right, Mecha Bowie. So here's an interesting card, uh, and we'll we'll see um, Tide Warp later, but Mecha is interesting. It's an artifact with an amber, and it says at the start of each player's turn, if the tide is high for that player, they gain an amber. 
This one is really nice to have against non-Dark Tidings decks because if you get the Tide raised, you have one, maybe I've seen decks with two. Have I seen a deck with three? There's got to be. Anyway, you got one, two, three of these out there. You have the Tide raised. You're just getting free Amber, and it really puts pressure on the opponent to, to do something, to raise the Tide. If they have Artifact Control, that's a thing, but generally speaking, people don't have a ton of Artifact Control, so they're really going to be tempted to raise the Tide to deal with this, and that puts you in a better situation, so I think it's a good card. Isotropic Core is an artifact with an amber. It's an item. It says each friendly each friendly creature gains Hazardous 1. That's really interesting. It's a little weird for Logos, but, um, but I really like it. I think it's a fun effect and uh, just changes the math a little bit. So that's cool. I have never seen it be really good, but it's very interesting and fun, I think. All right, Forgive or Forget. This is another really strong Recursion card in Logos. If you think about it, Recursion has tended to be more of an untamed thing, but in Dark Tidings, we actually got more of it in Logos. So that is interesting. So Forgive or Forget is an action. Again, no Amber Pip, but it says choose one. Either archive two cards of different types from your discard pile or purge up to two cards from each discard pile. Um, and of course, you're going to be choosing choosing to purge your two worst cards or none, but I think you should probably push yourself to purge your two worst cards from your discard pile and purge your opponent's two best cards from their discard pile if you're doing it that way. Or do the archive two cards of different types and set yourself up to be more of a threat in the coming turns. Either way, it gives this one gives you a really wide space for making choices, and I like that. It does feel a little bad to have that purge two cards and, it, and you, they're not losing Amber because we're so used to Infernus, but Infernus is crazy. So this is this is reasonable and pretty good. Uh, but again, no Amber Pip. Come on. All right. Fila the Researcher is a one power human scientist with elusive. This is after a creature is played adjacent to Fila the Researcher, draw a card. And Fila has been around since uh, AOA, so no stranger to the game. But that's pretty interesting. Uh, I don't think there are deployed effects in Logos in this set, but there are in some other houses, so you could potentially even get a little value out of that uh, extra draw. Okay, Eureka, also back from AOA. Eureka is a fantastic card. It's an action with an amber. It has alpha, so it has to be the first thing you do in your step three. But when you play it, you gain two and you archive two random cards. Well, Gain, two, gain three Amber for playing an Archive two cards is great. When this came out, I thought it was kind of crazy because I was like, why don't you just have three pips if you're going to do that? And anyway, it seems like a strong effect, but why don't you just have three pips? Then Infernus came out and I realized, wow, this is actually pretty good that it's gain two instead of three pips. So um, yeah, really strong and just archiving that much. So good. Easily one of, if not the best uh, first turn plays available. If, uh, if you're first player, certainly. Okay, you got a lot of archives, don't know what to do with it. Well, here's Data Forge. Data Forge is an action. This is back from Worlds Collide. It's an action with an amber. When you play it, you may forge a key at plus 10 amber, uh, plus 10 current cost, reduced by one for each card in your hand. So it's a slightly worse version of key abduction, especially because it doesn't return cards, which would boost it even more. But, um,. But it has the benefit of being in Logos, which tends to just have a lot of archive and draw. So maybe you get it into a situation. But I feel like this is this. it's hard to get into a situation where you can data forge 
usually if you do you've been archiving all game and you finally get key three with it um so when you do that it's great but most of the time i feel like it's it's actually pretty hard to pull this off brain eater is a six power cyborg that says after an enemy creature is destroyed fighting brain eater draw a card this is back from coda it's a fun interesting card like to have some beefy creatures and logos uh, i think this is nice all right, Bouncing Death Quirk, back from Coda. It's an action, no Amber Pip, but this is a good one. It says, play, destroy an enemy creature and a friendly creature. So you're destroying an enemy and a friendly. And then you may repeat it, repeat that effect as many times as you like, as long as it's possible to repeat the entire effect. So if your opponent has four creatures and you have three, uh, destroy one of each, destroy one of each. Uh, now it's two to one. You can choose to do another one. But now you have none, they have one, you can't repeat the whole effect, so you couldn't leave that last, or kill that last one. That's how it works. Um, but you could have stopped it after the first just, uh, enemy and friendly creature were destroyed too. But this is really nice. The selective destruction is great because you're destroying all your worst creatures and all their best creatures, of course. And it's sequential, so you can even do like a kill their Ludo and then kill their creature with the Amber on it and you'll get the Amber. Okay, Binary Mori is a five power AI beast and it says uh, reap archive a card. That's a strong effect. Think about Ganymede Archivist, which has this effect, but is only three power. So that's great. It says after you raise the tide, you ready Binary Moray, but after your opponent raises the tide, you exhaust it. So it does some interesting stuff with the tide. That's kind of thematic, I guess. Um, and kind of cool. You can sometimes get to trigger it multiple times in a turn if you time things right. But your opponent can also like make you end up using it less depending if they time things right. So uh, it creates interesting interactions. It's good. Okay, there's an evil twin version. Uh, same stats, but it has skirmish and no reap effect. And it set, and it then has the same after you raise ready, after your opponent raises exhaust. So instead of that reap effect, it has skirmish. I'd rather have the reap effect, to be honest with you. Oh well. Okay, Archon's Callback. This is a weird one. It, it's, it's an action, no Amber Pip. Play, draw five cards. Seems really good, right? But it's Omega, so most of the time you're going to end up playing this with like three cards in your hand. You'll draw to eight, which is fine, but not that good. And then you can't play any, so any Logos cards you drew, you can't use. Uh, it's just, it's a little, it's a little iffy. Um... Sometimes it can be really good if you get it in a case where you already had um, a bunch of cards in your hand from other Logos effects. Maybe it's maybe it's worthwhile, but it can be it, it can be pretty iffy. Anomaly Exploiter. Uh, this is back from Coda as well. It's an artifact, an item. It says action, destroy a damaged creature. That could be good. Zenzi Zenzi Zenzik is back from Worlds Collide and. Mass Mutation. It's a four power cyborg leader with two armor. It's the leader for Logos. And when it's in the center of your battle line, it gives you two extra draw up up to, uh, you drop to two more cards at the end of your turn. That's super strong. So it's nice. Happy to see it. Uh, all right. Into, is that a rare? That's a rare. So we're into the rares now. Best Blonde Theorist back from 
Coda uh, is a two-power cyborg scientist with elusive that says reap choose a house and reveal the top card of your deck if the card you revealed is of the house you named then you archive it and gain an amber otherwise discard it this is fine but it's a little slow and underwhelming in the effect when you could have like a, a bot book then that just plays a card uh, okay universal key lock is an artifact an item it's it has an amber pip on it and it says that keys cost plus three <clears throat> but after a player forges a key you destroy the key lock if you time it right this can uh, give you a nice tempo advantage over your opponent but it can be tricky the time right because your opponent may play around it <clears throat> usually if they are just flat out out racing you and winning they're just gonna go ahead anyway and it'll slow them down but not very much otherwise they can time it so you're the one who takes the hit it can be a little bit of a bummer depending on how that works out okay so tide warp this is the one I mentioned is really fun with mecha buoy so remember mecha buoy says that if at the start of your turn uh, the tide is high for you or if at the start of any player's turn the tide is high for them they get an amber well tide warp is an artifact and power has an amber pip and it says at the start of your turn if the tide is high your opponent raises the tide otherwise you raise the tide but the interesting thing is that both this and mecha buoy are start of turn effects so leaving out other any other card effects tide warp is going to have the effect of every other turn the tide is going to be high for your opponent so they'll get that one amber every other turn but because it's at the start of your turn effect and mecha buoy is the start of each player's turn effect so they're both trying to happen at the start of your turn you get to pick which order and on the turn where the tide is high for your opponent when they pass to you you would choose to fire tide warp first which will raise the tide so that mecha buoy will in fact give you an amber but on turns where the tide is already high for you you would choose to fire mecha buoy first and then fire tide warp so effectively what it means is if you have these two artifacts tide warp and mecha buoy mecha buoy is going to give you an amber every single turn no matter what and your opponent will end up getting one every other turn um, so that's pretty cool all right the howling pit is an artifact with an amber it's a location and it says that each player refills their hand to one additional card during their draw card step back from coda um, yeah this is a fun interesting card it changes the game a little bit but it's iffy because sometimes if your opponent has a decent deck having an extra card in their hand can turn it into a great deck so you got to be a little wary about that but it's it makes the game more fun for sure so I say uh, I say do it okay the archivist is a three power cyborg and it says if you archive it you archive it face up this is back from mass mutation by the way so if you archive it you archive it face up and while it's in your archives instead of picking up all of your archives you may choose to pick up any number of cards in your archives so effectively this says hey you might have cards of different houses in your archives usually if you're doing a deck that has a lot of archive you're trying to craft it so that you're putting one house in your archives playing your other houses and then you can have a big burst turn on the house that uh, had all the cards in archives but the archivist says eh, don't worry about it if you get cards from multiple houses in here you can just pull out the ones you want at the start of every turn and leave the others um, so that can be really beneficial and especially with so many archive off the top of your deck effects 
that can be strong. Um, I think it was stronger when autoencoder was in set, which was in mass mutation and not dark tidings, but it's interesting. I've never ended up having it be great though. Um, I think it's just a little too finicky. Okay, the SLRS Osteralis is an artifact and ship. It has an amber pip, and I love this one. It has action, exhaust up to three friendly Logos creatures, and for each creature exhausted this way, play the top card of your deck one at a time. That's a really cool effect, and it could combo with some other things, maybe, but in general, it's just really cool. Getting to do that three times in a row, it turns your creatures that maybe are lackluster, like your Talmadge Steelheart, into a cool engine. So I, I like this one, although it does depend on actually having creatures out, and sometimes with Logos that's hard. But if you can do it, I think that's a really cool effect, and I would be sad not to see this in some future set. Okay, Ruins of Arconis. There's a number of treasures that belong to different houses. This is the one for Logos. It's an artifact and treasure. It has an amber pip on it. When you play it, you put four amber on it from the common supply and you archive a card. And then it says, after a player plays their sixth card in a turn, if Ruins of Arconis is ready, you move each amber, which will be four, from Ruins of Arconis to that player's pool. Um, so the bummer here is your opponent gets a chance to do this before you would have a chance because if you happen to play six cards, including this, well, it's not going to be ready, so you're not going to get the amber off of it. But hopefully because you're in Logos, you can do a better job of hand shaping so you get to the point where you're able to play six cards before them. But it is a little bit of a risk. It's cool, though. I like it. I like the treasure cards. I don't know that they're necessarily super competitive because of those risks that they introduce, but they're cool. So I like that. All right, Mobius Scroll. This is back from Coda. And it's an artifact and item. It says, action, archive Mobius scroll and up to two cards from your hand. So uh, essentially on a Logos card, you play this, or on a Logos turn, you would play this. And then on your next Logos turn, you would action it to archive two cards. It's kind of a, nowadays feels like a pretty slow way to get through archives. So I've come to not love it so much. But, um, but it's an interesting one. I just feel like it's a little slow at actually getting work done. But it is about the same speed as a memory chip. It's just, I think, less reliable. All right, Mind Over Matter is an action. And no Amber Pip. And this is back from Mass Mutation. And it says, play, put each creature into its owner's archives. That's an interesting effect. I like that. Um, is it always good? Definitely not. Sometimes you do not want to play this. Sometimes you do. It just depends on the situation. But it's interesting, and I like that. Master the Theory, still terrible. It's been in every set except for Coda, and it's still a terrible card. It's an action with an amber, and it says, play, if there are no friendly creatures, you may archive a card for each enemy creature. Potentially you get a lot of archives in, but usually means you're losing. So I just find this, this card never does great work. Um, again, if it does much, then that's probably a bad sign. Okay, library card. 
very interesting. Uh, this is back from mass mutation, but we know this is kind of mimicking uh, library access from Coda. Library access was an action that said play uh, for the remainder of the turn each time you, after you play a card, draw a card. And then they errated it because with certain combos it was too strong. They errated it to purge itself. And library card just has that built in. Um, you purge it, and if you do, for the remainder of the turn, after you play a card, draw a card. Um, yeah, that's that's a nice effect. If you can combo this with other stuff, you're going to be really happy. It can be hard to combo this with other stuff, and I have not personally seen a Dark Titans deck that I can think of that uses this really well. I think this is more common to be super useful in Mass Mutation because of cards like Lethalogica, but I mean, there, you know, phase shift, anterior conjecture. Uh, theoretically, this should be able to be pretty useful. Um, I just, like I said, haven't seen it be crazy. Okay, knowledge is power. Always a fun card. It's an action. No amber when you play it. And here, this goes all the way back to Coda. This has been in every set except Mass Mutation. And this gives us, you know, here's the choose one stuff. So that's actually been around since set one. That uh, kind of archetype of card. Um, anyway, it says play, choose one, either archive a card or gain one amber for each card in your archives. And if you are in a position where you feel like, yes, I want to gain that one amber per card in my archives, then you are in good shape because you still have the archives. Um, but getting to archive a card is also not bad. So I, I like the flexibility here. I think this is a fine card. Okay, here's that other Kichi, Honors Kesis. It's an action with an amber, and it says play Forge Key at plus 7 current costs. Compare that to Data Forge, which was plus 10, and you're going to reduce that cost by 1 amber for each card you have played this turn, including this one. So, uh, already, you know, Data Forge takes a card out of your hand when you play it, because it takes itself out of your hand. Honors Kesis counts itself, so it's even a more favorable comparison. Um, this is a pretty reasonable one to, to think you, you might pull off. Um, and so it's a little bit of a bummer that if you do, it purges itself. But um, hey, if, if you're winning the game with it, you don't care. So I think this is a great card. I would love to have seen this at Uncommon and Data Forge at, at Rare. But that's okay. Um, yeah. Honors Kesis is good and fun, and it combos super well with stuff like Osteralis or Phase Shift or even Theory or Conjecture. Okay, um, now we're going to start to get into the control side of Logos, because we really haven't seen a lot. We've seen some uh, a little Amber control, a little board control, but this is some hard control. Uh, Chronophage is a three-power beast and robot that says that your opponent's creatures and artifacts gain Omega, uh, which means basically the minute your opponent plays a creature, their turn, their step three ends, they ready and draw up and pass. So um, that's kind of cool. If you can get this down and protect it, uh, you're you're pretty happy. This is a strong control card. It's just only three-power and it's a rare, so you're probably not getting multiples. You need to protect it, blah, blah, blah. But if you can land it, it's that's pretty strong. Captain Creasage is a six-power cyborg that says, while you control another creature with elusive taunt, poison, or skirmish, Captain Creasage gains that keyword. 
great, except I just don't know what you do with that. I mean, let's say you have all five of those, then it's just a, it's a big fat creature that does what? Bites or something once a turn. Um, if you can't add like great fight effects or reap effects or something, then it's a little bit of a bummer. The evil twin version actually causes all creatures to lose those traits. But the interesting thing is, uh, no, it is the same for elusive taunt, poison, or skirmish, elusive taunt, poison, or skirmish. So the good version will pull all those effects, will copy all those effects onto itself. The bad version turns them off for everybody. That's really interesting. Backup plan uh, is an action, no amber. Says play for each creature your opponent controls in excess of you. So if you have three and they have five, their excess would be two, for example. Uh, you archive the top card of your deck. This is great because it doesn't matter how many cards you have in your deck. It's okay if you have one card. I will take this over Master the Theory all day, every day. This is a much better card. It's new in Dark Tidings. I don't know why they even kept Master the Theory in. It's so bad. Uh, but of course, this doesn't have an amber. I don't think the effect is that crazy good. So anyway, uh, probably should have an amber, um, but it's I certainly like it better than Master the Theory, even with Master the Theory having an amber. Academy Training is an upgrade that is back from both Worlds Collide and Mass Mutation that says if you control this creature, it belongs to House Logos instead of its original house, and it gives the creature Reap Draw a card. Um, you got to be a little careful with how you use this, although I think it's less tricky in this set. But remember, when you put this on a creature, it becomes Logos and it loses this other house. So then you can reap with it probably right away, get that draw, maybe whatever other effect it has. But then you can't use it in its normal house. So you got to not forget that. And you might some be tempted to think, oh yeah, I'll put this on an opponent's creature and it'll make it Logos and they don't have Logos. That would be great, but no, it, it only does that effect that it belongs to House Logos if you control the creature. If, so if you put it on your opponent's creature, the, it does not change to House Logos, but it still gets the Reap effect. So you really would never want to put this on an opponent's creature. Okay, Vellum. We've seen Vellum and Hyde before. They've been in Worlds Collide and Mass Mutation. They're a pair, so I guess Hyde is the actual rare. Vellum then just comes automatically with it. Vellum's a two-power human scientist with Reap, Archive a card. But if you control Hyde, then you Archive two cards instead. Reap, Archive two cards is a really good effect. And it has this destroyed effect that when, you, when it's destroyed, you Archive Hyde from your discard pile, and if you do, you also Archive Vellum. So if... and uh, Hyde has the opposite effect so if one of these is already in your discard pile and the other one dies they both end up in your archives if they are both on your board and they die at the same time the destroyed effects uh, can't archive each other because they're not in the discard pile so so neither of them ends up archived and Hyde is just four power but also a human scientist and has to redraw a card instead of archive a card and if you control Vellum you draw two cards instead so if you get both these that's really great. They combo well together, draw two, archive two. Usually that's not gonna end up happening for you, but sometimes they kind of come back a bunch, so that's fun. Okay, now we're gonna get into the, I mean, this is really the crowning achievement combo here. The rare card here in this combo is Dr. Varoctor. It's a two power human scientist with elusive. 
that says reap put an upgrade or action card from your discard pile on top of your deck okay that seems nice and innocent that's a that's a fun good effect it's good on its own but if you get dr Vroctor, you automatically get these three other cards um that make it quite good the first one is rooftop laboratory this is an insanely good card in logos it's an artifact and location, and it says that each friendly scientist creatures enters play ready. Well, that means Dr. Varachter enters play ready. It means Edai, uh, P.I. Sweven, uh, Hyde and Vellum. Not Armadrone, I don't think. Uh, but just a bunch of really good cards that want to reap come in ready. So that's, that's a really strong effect already. Um, but it gets worse, or better. <laughs> Reckless Experimentation is an upgrade with an amber, and it says this creature gains reap play the top card of your deck. All right, that's a, that's cool too. And the fourth card is Groundbreaking Discovery, which is an action with an amber that says if you control Doctor Varachter, Rooftop Laboratory, and Reckless Experimentation. So if you have all three of those other cards on the board under your control, then you destroy each card in play unforge an opponent's key and purge groundbreaking discovery so um, now purge groundbreaking discovery that's kind of a bummer this is a one shot but um unforging an opponent's key without giving them any amber or anything like that that's super strong and you completely wipe the board which is could be good or bad depending on your situation but um anyway it's it's a super strong effect um and imagine i mean let's say you have groundbreaking discovery in the discard pile but you have these other three cards in your hand first you play the rooftop laboratory then you play dr varachter who orders play ready you put the reckless experimentation attach it to dr varachter and then when he reaps you choose to fire oops the dr varachter ability first with that ability you put an action card uh, you would put groundbreaking discovery on top of your deck and then with reckless experimentations reap effect you play it and uh it's anyway and you get that whole effect super good so this is an amazing just intrinsic combo that you can get and it just is like insane to me that rooftop laboratory is just so good on its own so um you end up with a very good setup for logos um yeah that's that this is this is probably the the go-to combo in logos almost for sure in dark tidings but it's intrinsic so yeah um okay that is that i do think logos is still yeah just so fun to play in dark tidings H hard to get it as good as it is in some other how in some other sets but still good and still very fun um and it'll be interesting because we will not see logos in set six um it's not coming back yet not for a while anyway so that's interesting and uh that'll be our first set ever without logos so this dark tidings logo setup will be the last we see of them for a while hope you enjoyed hope this gave you some insight that helps you out and i hope you'll get out there and forge some peace <laughs>